Welcome to the Surviving Second Gen Podcast, where we candidly discuss the mental health impacts of being a second generation immigrant in America. I'm your host, Jennifer Ippolit, a Haitian American child of two immigrant parents, as well as a licensed mental health counselor. My hope is that this podcast leaves you feeling heard, understood, and empowered to apply tangible takeaways that can help you navigate all the things that come with being second gen. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Surviving Second Gen podcast. So this is part two to the episode that we were... Um, that we had last time about learning to trust yourself. So this is a part two. Um, If you haven't listened yet, please go listen to part one that gives a little bit more of an intro about why it's so hard to trust yourself as a second generation immigrant, especially um, when you've had strict parents. So today in part two, I want to talk about how to actively do this trusting yourself process. So what are the steps to take? Because I think a lot of people want to have practical takeaways, um, part of growing and learning is talking about things, acknowledging, understanding how it's affected you. And part of growth and healing is actually finding ways to overcome that. So I think that's uh, will be useful for a lot of people listening, or if you want to share this with others who you feel can learn something from this, please do. Um, Part of the work that I do is helping actual people who are going through this uh, do it in real life in my work as a therapist. So this is kind of a nugget um, that doesn't replace therapy, but I think that it gives you just practical steps to start doing the work because again therapy is more like a treatment um over time it's also part of what makes the therapy process work is the relationship that you build with your therapist so hearing things about on things that people do online or how they do things just will never replace therapy just saying okay um So yeah, we were talking last time about how much, um, you question or you, you can internalize a lot of things when you grew up with parents who, uh, don't give you a chance to learn things on your own. And ultimately it makes you, uh, not trust yourself, makes you, um, not know how to make certain decisions, make it hard for you to stand in decisions, um, which can ultimately make it hard to be an adult (laughs) because being an adult is doing all of those things, is knowing what decisions to make, knowing how it benefits you, the people around you, um, work environment, social settings, all that in the third. So let's get right into it. 
Um, for me, these are practical things that you can do. Um, I would say like in, uh, in an ordered fashion, like the first thing that I say you want to do first, the second thing is that I say you do second and so on and so forth. Um, because yeah, I think it's a thing that you're building up to do certain things. Um, so the first tip that I would say to use to really learn to trust yourself is to, uh, really hone in on a strong mind body connection. So if you know anything about, um, trauma or, um, past issues of, um, identity or things that strip away identity or make you grapple with identity. So trauma abuse or anything of that nature, um, it affects your body. So your body reacts to it. Um, and that also affects your mind. So how your mind interprets it and how you ultimately, how it shows up in your life. Um, so any type of, um, emotional, physical abuse, any type of trauma. And again, a lot of times when we think about trauma, we think about like the, the overt things that, uh, people see like some type of physical abuse that person can describe or emotional abuse that a person can describes can describe. But as we've talked about in previous episodes, trauma is not always so overt. Like when we talked about generational trauma, intergenerational trauma, that's not something that's so overt, but it also, but it happens a lot in immigrant families. So you can include that in what we're talking about right now. So if you've had to deal with intergenerational trauma, this work is for you. If you had to deal with breaking cycles, this work is for you, okay? So um, basically the mind-body connection. And it's not anything super uh, out there, super theoretical. If you read books like uh, The Body Keeps Score, um, I'm trying to think of another book off the top of my head. Um, it's... Uh, it didn't start with you, I think. Um, books like that talk about how trauma affects you um, and how things stay in your body and how it shows up in your body. And when you don't uh, actually deal with that, then it can alter your sense of self. And there's something about doing mind-body work that really helps bring a person to knowing more of who they are and having a good sense of that. Mindfulness is a, something that is uh, talked about a lot in the therapeutic community, not something I made up, something that's been around for a while, but people from immigrant backgrounds oftentimes may not know what mindfulness is, and it's really about being in the present. So mindfulness helps you stay in the present and um, really understand and uh, manage your emotions. So um, mindfulness is a type of mind-body work, and that's a broad uh, language, mind-body work, because I'm not trying to get super technical. But again, 
Um, we're trying to think about how we can uh, get ourselves aligned and not misaligned due to things that have happened to us. So mindfulness work is really practical. So it's really about doing things that builds back that mind-body connection that makes it come together and doesn't feel like two separate things. So I don't know if you've ever felt like you just feel off um, with being in your own presence, like being by yourself and sitting with yourself feels uncomfortable. Um, whether it's alone or like alone in your house or in public, like there's a awkwardness about being alone. Um, there is an awkwardness about sitting in your presence, um, and, and, and not doing anything else, but just sitting in your presence is, is weird. Um, and that may be because you have a, um, a misaligned mind-body connection. So practical things that you can do to build that back up is things that allow you to spend time alone um, and uh, be in the present. So things like taking nature walks. So there's something about being outside and in nature that allows you to breathe better, that allows you to feel um, a sense that you can release control, a sense of calmness, um, um, being in the sun also helps um, the vitamin D that you get from the sun, which is also great for melanated folks. So these are the things that help you feel the sense of calm in your body as you do it consistently and the movement that comes with the walking also helps release tension emotions pent-up anxiety and can change a depressed mood uh the sun specifically because of that vitamin d so that's why you know um, it's recommended that you take vitamin d in the winter, especially if you live in a place with harsh winters like Seattle, um, like Boston, Alaska, places where it really gets gray, dark, you want to take vitamin D. I mean, I, I, I would say take it even if you're not in those super dark gray places, but um, in the wintertime specifically because naturally you're not going to get as much sun. So... Um, yeah, there's something about being outside and movement while you're outside that really helps change your mood and also makes you feel a better connectedness with yourself and your mind because you're clearing your mind and at the same time, you're moving your body, which helps you clear your mind. So that's where the mind-body connection comes in. Breathing. Deep breathing techniques also help with that too. So breath work um, has been shown to be really helpful, especially with people struggling with anxiety. Um, and anxiety can come up due to a lot of different reasons. It could be deep trauma. It can be just everyday stress. It could be inconsistencies. It could be uncertainties that can bring up um, anxiety. 
And for a lot of people, anxiety can be crippling. Like people's day-to-day becomes really hard to get through because they're dealing with this deep anxiety that can sometimes really um, make it hard for them to to uh like to just function um because the anxiety it becomes so strong to the point where they can you know have an anxiety attack and when you have an anxiety attack you really do feel like you're losing your life um because it makes it hard to control your breathing your breathing becomes heavy um for a lot of people they can feel chest pain so heavy chest pain um, they can kind of feel like this spiraling kind of feeling like, um, like everything is just moving and it, it can't stop. It can't slow down their thoughts, the physical space that they're in. And that's really scary. <laughs> if you've ever had a panic attack or an anxiety attack, it's really, really scary. So, um, doing deep, deep breathing techniques outside of when you're having a panic attack already helps your body to de-stress so when you take a deep breath it literally tells your nervous system to relax it tells your nervous system that everything's okay like you you're at peace so when you do that regularly you're constantly telling your nervous system you're okay you're okay nothing to worry about no danger you're okay so think about how that's helping your body, right, your nervous system um, automatically relax and then the message that is going to your brain that you are okay. So there's the mind-body connection right there. Just by doing deep breathing, you are building up your sense of security, basically, um, in yourself, in your situation. So that's another really good way to build your sense of security in yourself, sense of um, knowing that within you, you are safe. Um, Another um, practical way, which people have probably um, heard about or have done already, is yoga. Um, yoga is so, so good for mind-body work. This, uh, the process of doing these slow, controlled movements that help you to slow down is just really, really good for your body because it's, it's literally doing a technique that from head to toe gets your body calm at an equilibrium. And at the same time, again, there's something about movement that helps release emotions. So I don't know how many clients that once I suggest they start yoga or they start yoga on their own, they're like, oh, man, it's really helpful. Like, I love it. Like, I I look forward to it, look forward to it every day. Like, people love yoga. And there's different types of yoga you can do. Some are just are more in-depth. Um and more spiritual base and for some people that doesn't um you know align with what they want to do um but some are more basic and you're just really doing the movements and giving yourself time to slow down um meditate 
So those are the things that really do help you in the moment. It's basically causing you to, to be in the moment. That's what I like about yoga. It's like you have no choice to be in the moment because you have to actually take time to do these controlled movements. If you've ever done yoga, it is not easy. <laughs> so um, even over time, there's still some kind of challenge to it. So that's why yoga is so effective because it really helps you actively practice mindfulness even if you didn't want to, you have to. Um, and if you do some sort of class, then you know you know that you're scheduling yourself like, okay, every month I'm gonna be you know doing my yoga class. So it's an actual thing that you basically have set to do this work. You know what I mean? You don't have to really overthink it. You're gonna be doing this work while you're in yoga. You know, because I think sometimes for some people too, like. That the work feels like a lot because they have to think about, all right, let me take some time to go take a walk or, you know, let me go take some time to do this or that. Whereas if you take a class, you know, that's, that's, that's it. You know, you're signed up for the class, you know, you're going to it. Same thing with any type of exercise class. I say yoga specifically just because, again, the controlled movements um, really help you slow down and get to this space of equilibrium. Um, whereas other exercises, um, can be a little bit, uh, more difficult to get that to that place, I guess. But overall exercise is good. So even if you just go to the gym on your own or you take a gym class, you know, a kickboxing, a Pilates, whatever you feel interested in, I think people don't realize exercise goes beyond like being physically fit, you know, looking good. There is something that happens to your mental health when you are consistent with working out. I mean, I I see it myself um, because I have periods where I am so on it. Like I will work out consistently when I mean consistently, like three to four times a week, you know, at least an hour every session. Um, And then there's times where I just fall off. Like there's no, it's just either all or nothing with working out with me. And I know that's not healthy. Um, But yeah, there are moments where I just go for a while and nothing is happening. And then I'm sitting there like, and it hits me. I'm like, I just don't feel motivated. I don't feel good. And I'm just like, oh yeah. I need to start going to the gym again. (laughs) Like it does something for my mental Or I need to start going outside again. It does something, you know? So being intentional about working out does something for the mind, for the body. So now that you've got the mind-body stuff going and you're consistent with that, and that's always something I tell my clients in therapy, is build consistency with one thing first before doing something else. Because a lot of people want to just do all these things to change their life and it doesn't stick because it's too many changes changes at once. Um, you know, let's be realistic. If you've been doing something your whole life one way, you can't expect to change the entire 
way that you think and do things just by starting it. Like that's just not realistic and that's just not how most human minds work. So that's again another benefit of therapy is you have that plan usually set up with your therapist on what you're working on first how long you're working on it and then you add on something else that will be part of you know the treatment plan that you're doing so yeah so first you want to build consistency with these mindfulness practices and then the second part is how you go about making decisions in your life so um for me and um for the clients that i work with really learning how to trust yourself happens when you're able to make decisions without the opinions of others and that may sound almost impossible for a child of immigrants because The way that immigrant parents will make you feel like if you don't get their input into something that it won't turn out right is, I mean, there could be a whole book written on it if there isn't. Because again, when they they build this idea or um, uh, just this feeling that uh, there has to be a codependency, like you have to depend on them to survive, basically. It makes it hard for you to feel like you can make a decision without asking their opinion, without getting their approval. Not even asking their opinion, but without getting their approval. And if they do say something that makes you question what you're doing, you question it and you may not even go through with it. But there's something about making a decision, standing in it, waiting for that that situation to be done and um, feeling okay with whatever the outcome is. There is something about doing that that builds your confidence in who you are and trust in yourself to make sound decisions. Even if You make a decision and the outcome doesn't turn out the way that you want. But if you're able to make that decision on your own, again, without the opinions of others, there's something that happens there where you are building trust in yourself. So that's the challenge is to think about things that you want to do. Think about the things that you want to accomplish And you could start with small things, right? So maybe it's something that, um, you know, a goal that you have for for next week, right? Um, Maybe you want to get a new couch. And usually when you buy something new, you ask your parents, you send them pictures, you ask them what they think, um, you ask them how much you're spending, So you can get insight on, you know, what you should do or what you shouldn't do. Challenge yourself to do your own research. So research how much the the couch costs. Research the dimensions. Take pictures or get pictures to see how it would look in your space. Think about um, how you'll get into your apartment or house. 
Think about the durability of it. Do all that extensive research on your own until you come to a decision and say, this makes sense because I've done all my research. I didn't make a haphazard decision. I took my time. That's the important part of this entire process is taking your time. You're not rushing. You're just telling yourself, I'm giving myself enough time to do this research so I can make a sound decision without the opinion of others, okay? So again, we're starting small. There's gonna be bigger things later, but right now we're just talking about a couch. So you did all your research, you did everything, then you make the decision and you make the purchase. You make the purchase and then it comes your couch is here, you sit on your couch, you watch your TV on your couch. Then afterwards, you could tell your parents like, I bought this really nice couch. And they may be like, what, when did you buy a couch? You didn't tell me. I know, I, I did my research and I figured that it was a nice couch. Hey, hey you wanna see it? Maybe, you know, you might wanna tell them that or maybe you, you don't wanna tell them, hey, do you wanna see it? But either way, you let them know, yeah, I did my research, I got the couch, and I like it. And you keep doing that for different things that you want to get done in your life. You take the time, you create the timeline, you make sure you research in the way that makes sense, and you follow through. And there's something about that that builds the trust. Um, and... For different things or for more serious things, there's nothing wrong with getting sound counsel. But I'm saying specifically sound counsel. So getting advice from people who know what they're talking about. Either they've experienced it or they um, are some type of knowledgeable expert in it um and can empathize with you know what it is that you're trying to accomplish so not just anybody right so i think a lot of times if especially when you're a child of immigrants you default to your parents because they have to know they made it seem like they know so that's who you go to but there's a lot of things that my parents know, and there's also a lot of things that they don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of things in my life that I've had to learn on my own or through having conversations with other people who know more than I do. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what seeking count sound counsel is about, is it's, it's you are connecting with people who know what they're talking about. There's not one person who is an expert at everything. No one. <laughs> so it's okay to reach out to your parents about their unique experience of coming into this country that most people don't have, right? But it's also okay to reach out to a financial advisor about your finances because that's what they do. You know what I mean? So you don't want to, you know, set yourself up to just rely on your parents to make sound decisions. So when it comes to bigger things, take your time and find the people 
in your community, in your surroundings that know what they're talking about. (laughs) So you can get the insight that you need to make the decisions that you want to make. Um, So those are the things that I feel like if you really take the time to practice, um, really builds up your um, sense of self, really builds your trust in who you are as an individual um, so that you can make sound decisions. Um, To go even further, um, I do a lot of emotionally focused therapy work Um, and that's something that you do in therapy, um, where you really learn how to understand your emotions, learn how to manage them so that you can make informed decisions. Um, that also is helping you have a sense of self because if you know what you feel and why you feel it, then you can learn to manage that and then take steps to, um, to work through whatever feeling that you have or take no step at all. Sometimes there is no step that needs to be taken. So that's the process that you figure out when you're learning to manage your emotions. So that is work that, again, you do in therapy um, that you that you do with a therapist because they help you Uh, go through the steps they help you with the accountability and just the process of 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 how to do it effectively so something to consider if you want to take it up another notch Um, I love doing emotionally focused therapy work with immigrant clients um, because a lot of immigrant clients don't know how to get in touch in that way and when they do it just opens another door for them that they didn't know that they had access to basically so um yeah so i hope these little tidbits were helpful um like i said i just wanted to give like i said i just wanted to give something that was practical that people could take um away with them from this episode um and do really the process of understanding who they are and trusting themselves more especially as children of immigrants so stay tuned for our next episode um that will be coming out soon i really really thank you for tuning into this one Go to our YouTube page, subscribe to that page. Um, I'd love to start having conversations on there because I know there are people who ask questions, DM questions, but YouTube can be a community for that. So, So let's see if we can get connected there. But if nothing else, I will see you all at the next one. Bye. If you found today's episode valuable or this podcast as a whole, I invite you to leave a five-star review and also leave a comment letting others know what you gain from this episode. This allows for our podcast to gain more visibility and for it to reach the people that want to hear this information. 
Also, we invite you to engage in the comments on the YouTube page, Surviving Second Gen Podcast, so we can continue this rich conversation that we're having today.